Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Linney here. Guys, I'm not going to lie to you. I chased down a lot of guests, you know, hunted them down. This one, I got her, the elusive Kimberly. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, this is so good. You know what I was thinking about this morning when I knew I was going to interview? I know you as Enlifted, you know, Kimberly, and I know you, row. Mm-hmm. That's about as far as I got. So you know, I'm very interested to hear, uh, you know, I know you just did a big move, which is a big thing. I'm interested to hear about life before I know you running with this and lifted uh, crew. Yeah. So I'm interested to hear. So go take it away. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, yes, met you through and lifted, which has been uh, the primary focus of my professional life for the last year. And I've been working with Adam and Mark to build out that coaching certification. The way that I got to that position on the team was my background in health coaching. So I first worked with Unlifted as a client and I knew Mark through Mike Bledsoe. And when I first started health coaching in 2017, I believe is when I first got started. I quit my full-time job in 2018, late 2018, early 2019, I was all in on building up my coaching business. And so I worked with the strong coach team to learn the foundations of business. I, that's how I met Mark. I started learning about soft talk. I started learning about goal setting and opened up a whole magic bag of tricks <laughs> with language. So my, uh, I was doing nutrition coaching, primarily working with women in weight loss and then high-performing New Yorkers because I was living in New York city. So my personal story that led me to health coaching was I moved to New York after college, working in the corporate life. I was always an athlete growing up. I was a rower, which is why the rowing coaching row coaching at row house makes sense. And I got into like the life of New York city, which was drinking, partying, eating, takeout, uh, enjoying myself, quote unquote, in the way that I thought that I was supposed to. And I really wasn't very fulfilled in my job. So fast forward two, three years of that lifestyle really caught up to me. I had gained a significant amount of weight and I was like a stranger in my own body. I was feeling very uh, dissatisfied with my work. I was feeling dissatisfied in a lot of my relationships. And so I threw myself into health and fitness And I really committed myself to getting back into the gym. I started to uh, really get ingrained into New York city's boutique fitness industry, which is a lot of fun. Um, And so my workouts became like my social life. And I ended up over the span of the next like four to five years, I lost 95 pounds. So significant physical change that led me to people asking questions about that journey on the way. And mind you, I'm like working in my corporate job, just like in an office every day, people are watching me lose weight and get happier and healthier. And they're like, how are you doing this? And it occurred to me that people really don't know. (laughs) And I was finding so much success in it. And I was so passionate about it that, and mind you, the other side of my life is like going downhill in this job because I'm succeeding in it, but I'm just not finding any like value in it. So I said, you know what? Screw it. Like 
I want to go become a health coach. I'm going to throw this all away. I'm going to go be an entrepreneur. And I really see an opportunity to help people. I see an opportunity to help myself. And I want to like really change the dynamic in the New York city health and fitness industry, because it was very, uh, vain and very just not necessarily about getting people results, more about just who's who the instructors are all like athletes and models and, uh, or, um, actors and models. And I was like, who's out here really helping people? Like I could do that. So I took it on, started doing it, health coaching and nutrition coaching, primarily in CrossFit gyms and, um, some like more like high performer style gyms, like athletes, people who are working jobs that are beating themselves into the ground through their nine to five, which is really like their eight to nine. (laughs) And then they're in the gym before that or after that. And then they're all doing the same rat race that I was doing. And I was like, Hey guys, I can help you live a better quality of life. Even if you're going to stay in this job, right. And you're out here chasing your paychecks and, and climbing your corporate ladders. Cool. Let's at least get you healthy so that you can do that better. So when all in on the health coaching really was getting, receiving a lot of coaching myself to be able to be a business owner and to perform at a high level, like deliver higher results for my clients. And then I got really burnt out. And that's when Enlifted came into the picture to sort me out personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I went through the same groundbreaking transformation that you went through in level one. And I was like, oh shit. All right, cool. Got some changes mm-hmm. to make. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I, 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 maybe it's just that season, but I know, you know, me and Chase had a really good podcast the other day. We've been talking and then I saw a clip with you and Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like the health coach sector is kind of your way in, but it seems like everybody's kind of morphing into this, like, you know, even my web uh, designer, like I'm like, she's explaining to me what she does. And I'm like, you're coaching. Like, and she's like, (laughs) what? I'm like, yeah, you're coaching. And I was like, if you just put coach next to it, you can charge double. And she was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. I like this. So, you know, like, is that what you've kind of seen is like, yeah, there's the health and fitness, but like, you know, and I have a rule, like you can't work with me unless you work out. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to work on your mind if you're not going to work on your body. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, so this is something that I see, this is my own personal story. And this is the story of many and lifted coaches that we've worked with since there's, uh, and Mike Bledsoe was actually the first person to put plant this idea in my head. Fitness is the gateway to personal development. And I really believe that to be true because one, that was my story. Uh, I, I was dissatisfied in my life. I could see myself, you know, it was like, I was drinking almost every single day of the week. I was eating garbage food every single day of the week. I was like not fulfilled in relationships job that didn't make me light up. And so of course my body like fell into this place of disease, right? Like I'm, I was obese, like by, like, it's not like I'm not talking about like, you know, it was like over, like I was obese and like people think about, like, look at me and they're like, oh, I wouldn't think of you as obese. I'm like, well, I, I definitely was (laughs) and it's unhealthy and it was, it didn't feel good. And like being in a city like New York, where I have to walk around everywhere, I've got to climb in and out of subway stairs. Like I did not feel good every single day. So what did that do? It made me stay and hide in my apartment more. It made me rather than going out to eat, to get the garbage food, order it and take out. And the lifestyle was just like, 
the same thing in the same downward trend until I said, enough's enough. And so I went back to the gym because that was the place that I had known as an athlete growing up as like a way to, to work it out. Right. And I knew that I could get that weight off my body and that that would make me feel better. So, but through that journey of, of showing up every single day, I mean, the reason that fitness teaches you so much about yourself is I have to show up every single day consistently. I have to put in my reps. I have to put in the work, right? Like there's, I have to get uncomfortable here. And then once I get the energy moving in my body, once I start to physically transform and change, even before I even, before I see official visual change, I start to feel better. Mm. And I start to notice like emotion shifting around my body. I start to notice different thoughts and different views of myself coming up in my head. And I, uh, one night over Thai food with Mark, I was like sitting there and explaining part of this story to him. And I had this like ding, ding, ding moment. And I, I said to him, I was like, Mark, I just realized like the reason that I was able to succeed at this. And the reason that I was able to do it was because I had the image of success in my mind. And I, I had the story of success and I knew I could get there. I was like, I just didn't know what a story was at the time. I didn't know that that internal narrative mattered as much as it did. And I was able to go from overweight, out of shape, unhappy, unfulfilled through a journey. And it took me four to five years. Like this wasn't a short, like quick turnaround. This wasn't like, Mm -hmm. Oh, boom, I decided. And here I am. Um, it took a lot of consistent work. It took a lot of like diving in on me and it took a lot of like shift in my energy, in my environment, right. Between my relationships with friends and how I was spending time with them to, uh, how I was spending time by myself with myself. And it just became this all in on, I'm going to make myself feel better body, mind, soul. You know, so it was like physically first, then it became, all right, the mindset piece is so important. And then that led me down this path of connecting deeper with my soul, connecting deeper with my spirit. Like, how can I, like, I learned that I was a divine being, you know, and there was this, uh, this ability to, for my body to be able to heal itself and to really like become more optimal and optimal is really, I stealing this one from Brian Costello, who we interviewed on getting lifted podcast optimal is normal right? Like feeling good is normal. And so much of people in our society, just that's not the case. So we need to shift that. Hmm. And so my, my own journey of self-development through fitness and health became my biggest passion to teach to other people, because I really believed I was like, they, they don't know how to do it. Hmm. They don't have the support they need and they desperately need it. So I can be that person. And that's what led me down the route of coaching was because people, one, were seeking my input and my advice. And then I started blogging about it. And then it was like, oh, wow, no, I'm really going to do this. I'm really going to become a coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just was a no brainer for me because it, it solved everything. I got to talk about what I was super passionate about every single day. I got to live it every single day. I got to support other people going through it too. And it was like, this is awesome. And then joining the enlifted team was a no brainer for me because I realized how important that tool was for coaches to have, because that was the thing that helped me really unlock all of my success for myself and my clients. So it was like, okay, no brainer. Like I'm going to join a team to teach other coaches this so that they can go out and keep moving my message forward. And we work with coaches that are not just health and fitness coaches. We work with life coaches, business coaches, um, we do work with health and fitness coaches. We work with 
coaches of all kinds. And I don't really care what type of coaching coach you are, because if you're helping other people live a better quality of life and do things that make them happier and healthier, like, hell yeah, that aligns with me. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a, a beautiful evolution. And I still do coach group fitness classes with row house, which, you know, uh, checks that box for me about being in the gym with people and, and really helping them move forward. But I get to use the language tools throughout the entire class and with how I cue and how I motivate and how I speak to people before and after class and how I get them thinking differently. Mm-hmm. And they all say, there's something different about your classes. I don't know what it is. I'm like, well, I know what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. Mm-hmm. So, no, it's, it's, so it's, in, it's interesting because like, this is my, this is my holy fuck like in the last like couple of weeks is that you know i get a massage a week i eat really good i work out seven days a week uh, i take care of myself i don't drink and even i don't feel great all the time so then the question is is somebody that's doing none of those things they're not really assholes they just don't feel good like the amount of people that are working too much got too many screens on too much bleep 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 you know, and I, I told Chase, like, we're all just iPhones with a million apps open and no updates. Yeah. You know, and you're not and like, I'm just as, you know, I'm just as guilty when it comes to like resting because I'm work, you know, it's always work and stuff. But so that really like, I, I wouldn't say scares me, but but in, in a sense, it scares me to say like how f- disconnected we have got. And and I think the bigger issue and is that we don't know what health is anymore. They've convoluted the water so much that, you know, do I eat eggs? Do I not eat eggs? Do I eat this? Do I don't eat? There's this program, that program. And I try to tell everybody time, like, there's no fucking program. You're the program. Like, fix you. It doesn't matter what shoes you're wearing. doesn't matter what fucking clothes you're wearing. Stop self-sabotaging yourself. Yeah, well, the program is the program in your mind, right? That's the narrative. Yeah, like, I have a client. Like, we've been fighting for, like, months for him to work out. And he's like, I'm like, go work. Go walk, walk, like, 10 minutes. He's like, that's not going to do anything for me. I'm like, hmm. Well, then just give up. I mean, like, because you're not even, you're not even listening to me. It's the act of doing the walk that, that matters that that, what what the results are, you know, for me, I mean, in my personal journey, I, I myself lost 75 pounds and I threw the scale out because mentally I was not in a place where I could handle it. The yo-yoing of the scale. And so what I do is just what you said. I chase feeling good. That's what I go after. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the piece that I notice. Um, I notice the, the line between, uh, I feel like total crap and I feel kind of okay. Right. That leap over that first hurdle is the biggest move for a person to make. It's also the biggest indicator of how much better you can feel. Right. So I look at people, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I, I like, I think to myself, like I was drinking like half a bottle of vodka a day. Like that line for me is even larger than most. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, okay. Even just take somebody who's sedentary and who eats yeah. primarily processed foods and who is constantly plugged into a screen. Like they are not connected to their body and they don't know what it's like to have real energy. Right. So you mm-hmm. take, so if we put fine, like if we go on a scale of one to 10 and we put fine in the middle at five, mm-hmm. the sedentary person who's living somewhere between like the zero to three range, which is, I feel like shit, right. For the most part, almost every single day to get them from that zero to three to that five, right. Maybe it's only two steps. Maybe it's three, maybe it's four, maybe it's five. That 
move is so massive and the quality of life goes up so much. Mm-hmm. And then when you go from a five to a seven and it's like, Hey, most days I, I feel pretty freaking good. Okay. That also is a massive leap, but it doesn't impact your quality of life as much as that three to five does, right? Mm-hmm. Still two steps, but the, just to get you to a fine, right? Like, all right, cool. If we can get you closer to that top end of the, I feel great every single day. How much more can you contribute to the world? How much more can you do for the people around you? How much more can you do for yourself? And that's why when I look at like people that are in the the bottom half of that scale, it's like, you don't feel good about anything because you're not contributing to anything. So if you feel better, right, if you can get yourself to feel better, you're going to contribute something and that's going to help you feel better too. Right. So it's like, it's all of the things that, that work to get us in that, in that range of, I feel better. And for, for me, what it all came down to was getting that story straight in the head. And that's why in lifted the work within lifted is so powerful is because if we can shift your personal narrative, and if we can get you to a place where you believe that you can go out for a walk and that you can, that 10 minutes of walking does in fact move the needle. Okay. Well now maybe it's 10 minutes of walking this week, but maybe next week it's 20. And it's like, Hey man, I just like feel a lot better. I have a little more energy. This is great. And then the week after that, we get up to 30. And then the week after that, we get up to an hour, right? We can start to stretch it out. And every good thing takes time. It takes reps. It takes practice. And if you're unwilling to work at your own physical health, you're unwilling to work at anything else in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me something that's more important than your physical health, right? If you don't have your health, you don't have anything. So if you're unwilling, like we've like, that's where it starts in my book. That's where it starts. So I'm always like, I love the rule. You don't get to work with me unless you work out. Right. I love that rule. You know why? Because that ensures that somebody knows how to show up regularly to something and it knows that they should, they know how to prioritize their own physical body. Mm-hmm. And that's what do important. you, what do you say to the people? Cause I mean, this is what they say all the time. Like I'll worry about my physical health when I get to here, like financially or something, you know, like that, that bullshit, they're always spitting. Like, you know, I just don't, I don't, I don't understand that concept. Like that, that, like, like you can't even show up to go make the money if you don't feel good about yourself. Yeah. The quickest thing that I can say is, all right, we can look at how are you making the money is the first place I'm going to ask. Right. If you have any sort of, if it comes through any sort of relationship with other people, who do you think people are more willing to spend their money with somebody who looks put together, who's energized and who looks healthy or somebody who has a horrible mood is a little disheveled, maybe is a little overweight, has sweating during the meeting, right? Like these are just, this is not to make it about your appearance, but that's a big factor in how people perceive your ability to help them, right? If you're trying to, like, I put this in the perspective for coaches, right? Oh, if you're, if you're trying to, (laughs) if you're trying to sell your services that I'm going to make your life better, and I have something that you want, and I'm going to teach you something great. You have to be magnetic. You've got to look good and you've got to have good energy. And if Dude, you don't, I told, I told you, I, I, I accidentally have the best social accountability on the planet because <laughs> if, if, well, if coach isn't doing it, then why the fuck would I do it? Yeah, yeah. totally. Totally. I mean, I, every single uh, today, for example, I didn't want to work out. Yeah. I didn't want to do it. I had a one hour window. My, my calendar today is quite booked mm-hmm. and with stuff that I love to do. Right. But it means I'm going to be sitting in front of the computer. Most of the day, I had a one hour window. I had two one hour windows. It was like 
a one hour window here, a meeting, and then another one hour window. And I knew that in both of those two open hours, I needed to eat lunch and I needed to get in some movement. So the idea was, okay, which one am I going to do first? Not necessarily like neither of those things. Like I don't necessarily want to take my time to go do that. Like I want to go finish this email. I want to um, go over here and make a sale. I want to go over here and post this on Instagram, but I know that my body needs that break. And it needs a chance to like go expend some energy and then go receive some energy. And so what did I do? I did a workout. I thugged it out. I didn't want to do it. Like no part of me wanted to go pick up that kettlebell and I did it. And I felt great after, right. There was this like shift in, okay, well now I know that I took care of one of those basic needs for myself today. And then I took the meeting in the middle and then I nourished myself after. And it was like, great. I feel great. And now here I am talking to you guys. Yeah. It's I, people I say, we're never going to get to a place where I just want to all the time. I'm like, no, never. No, you never want to. <laughs> like, like I, like I'm launching this huge business thing right now that like, if I spent 2.5 seconds thinking about it, it would scare me to death, but I just won't. Cause I'm, what I'm doing is going one foot in front of the other one. I only handle what you can handle and then let that show up. And like, that's through all my work is, is be like, don't attach myself to like, what could happen? Just focus on the here and, yeah. and, and, you know, like there's dude, like I was telling Chase, it's like, it's like, um, it's like 10, 10 degrees here. And we got like two, two feet of snow. And like, I'm saying, you know, I'm about to open up that <laughs> it's, it's, it's three 30 in the morning. I'm about to open that door. And like, just, I just, I took like two minutes and like, I was just having this conversation with myself and I was like, <sighs> no part about no part about you wants to do this but i was like if you just take the first step out there i was like i promise you'll take the second one and that's and that's what i did and you know i didn't want to be out there but i got it done and and so like sometimes guys you know like don't think anybody that's listening like it's not all roses all the time no. but every time i do here here's the rub and this is what somebody told me a long time ago i've never once regretted doing the workout I've never like got done and gone, Oh yeah, that was a waste of time. Yeah. And that, so if we look at like the binary language in that, right. Cause I'm always interested in the language patterns. It's like, I've never regretted a workout. That means that 100% of the time I've been grateful that I did that workout or I completed that. Mm-hmm. Right. And we just switch it. It just, I've never regretted it. Right. Well, we don't want to put our attention onto the regrets. We want to look at the attention on our success. Like 100% of the time that I start a workout, I'm successful. Right. I complete it like, or 100 and maybe it's not even completed to like, this is something I teach in my rowing classes all the time. Right. Because everybody's coming in with a different agenda for the day or different like bullshit they've gone through through the day. Right. And so we go off of, I teach in different ranges of effort and we say, you know, it's like our max power pace is 85 to hundred percent effort. And I often say to people, I say a hundred percent is a feeling. It is not a number. I'm not associating that 100% to the numbers I see across the, my monitor. What I'm associating that to is the feeling I get that I showed up and I gave my best today. So I showed up for me and I'm here and I'm giving it my all, my all today might be like 50% of what I normally have because I'm stressed out about a family member who's sick. I had a really hard day at work. I'm emotionally unavailable for this workout, right? I'm not able to give myself the full juice to this. I have, I've been underfueled. I didn't sleep well and I still chose to come. Right. And sometimes there's people who I'm like, 
today wasn't the day to work out. Right. And that's okay. But the thing is, is that like, if you're here, I want you to give me a hundred percent of where your battery is today. Mm -hmm. And some days, right. On the flip side of that, some days you come in feeling like the Hulk. Some days you have eaten all the right foods. You closed a big deal. You, you know, had a great weekend with your girlfriend and you're just like ready, you know, and you come in and now a hundred percent would be limiting yourself. If you went off of a number, because you've got more, you've got more than that. So I want you to feel like you've pushed everything. Right. And every single day that different, that number is different. And so I like to look at that and say to people, like we're chasing a feeling And when you get more in tune, and this is like, you know, further in your practice of using that fitness or your health as a gateway into your intuition and to your spirit, right. To be able to guide what you really need in that day, it's about nourishment, right? So working out in fitness is about getting stronger, building more, right? It's not about draining ourselves and beating ourselves into the ground. It's about replenishing our energy. It's about making us stronger. It's about moving us forward. So if we look at that as the goal and the result. Now it becomes a different relationship with the work. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, I've never regretted it. It's the same thing as saying, I've always been grateful that I did it, or I'm always happy that I did it. Mm-hmm. Both binary, right? One puts us into that little bit of, um, you know, this idea, the image of regret, which it could be good, could be motivating for somebody when it comes to a workout, right? I've never regretted it. Might be like, oh yeah, but I have in the past, I've regretted not doing it. Right. Like I regretted when I just sat on the couch and ate M&Ms instead of uh, going out and swinging my kettlebell, but it becomes a different story. Right. So when we focus on the success and we focus on showing up and giving it our all, whatever that might be in any given day, like that's where we move ourselves forward step by step by step. It's just like nothing worth achieving is ever like comfortable or easy nothing like Like, and the the question is is that what you want like i don't i i don't know you know i was skiing yesterday and i was listening to these guys on the lift talk and he was just like he's talking about his employees and he's like i just don't get it he's like he's like they're just so content with like not achieving anything he's like is that what we're teaching society and i was like sorry to say but but sort of, I mean, like, like, I'm sorry to break your heart from a younger guy, but like, yeah, like, and, and the question is, is like, here's the truth about being around me and my girlfriend. Like, I'm not having it. Like, it's as simple as that. Like, if you're, if you're around me, like, here's what people don't understand about me. It's not an anger thing. I spent most of my life as an alcoholic and a drug addict. And I, I hung around a lot of shitty fucking people. Like anybody that's doing that are not good people. They're negative. They're, they're energy suckers. I refuse to be around it. Not only do I refuse to be around it, I will, you will be removed from my vicinity. And the thing is, is like my girlfriend talks about me, like Austin's not really good at hiding his emotions. Like, (laughs) and she's like, everybody pretty much knows how you feel right. When you you are good at expressing your emotions. Yeah. A little bit of both, Uh, (laughs) a little bit of both. But, But the thing is, is like, what I found is like, you know, one of my secret gifts is like, I'm going to make you think that you're bigger than you are. Like, that's my shit. Like when people get around me, like they're going to do stuff that they never thought. Cause, because my secret weapon is seeing something in you that's greater than yourself. That's how I work with my business partners. Cause I see something in them. I put them in the right spot. So if that's the case, 
then, then, and I'll just share my technique of how I coached before I met y'all before I knew anything was I find out who you want to be. I find out what your dreams are. And then I only speak to you as if they already happened. And what, and what that happens is what happens is you walk to that person because I'm only speaking to you as if that already happened. Like you already got the 200 units. Like, mm-hmm. what are you going to do next? And they're like, well, I haven't done that yet. And I'm like, no, you already got the 200 units. And then it it's makes identity. them, yeah, yeah. It's identity, right? And that's why I like bring it back to my weight loss story. It was like, I had the vision of success. I, I, I showed up to the gym every day. Like I was the fit girl that I am now, right? Mm-hmm. I showed up to the gym every single day, ready to work because I saw the image of my body looking how it looks now. I saw myself feeling how I feel now. And I was writing about it. I was talking about it to people. I was sharing it. And that success story gets you like, you're willing to show up and be that person. And what it comes back to is like your identity. Right. And I've had plenty of mentors that I've worked with that have done very similar things to what you just mentioned there. Mm -hmm. And that has been profound for me Mm -hmm. because when someone else recognizes and reflects back to you, that that's what you're capable of, you want to rise to meet it. If it's somebody who you respect, but you want to rise to meet it because there's a part of you that sees that too. And what's happening is your imposter voice is too fucking loud. (laughs) So it's holding you back because it's at, it's starting to look at all of the reasons why maybe you, uh, stories from the past, why you failed things that could go wrong, all of the, all of the negative components of what it takes to reach that level of success. What if we start looking at the good stuff? What if we look at the level of success we could achieve? Because when we shift that focus, now it becomes more exciting and it becomes more achievable and it becomes more like, okay, I could do this. I could step into this. And yes, the imposter voice is still going to show up, Yes, the questioning and like doubt or fear is still going to show up. It's just who do you let drive? Do you let the version of you that's succeeding drive and like take the reins, or do you let the version of you that's scared and feeling like you're never going to make anything of yourself drive? Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't I couldn't pinpoint where when it happened, and I would imagine that you carry a lot of this with you too. Like somewhere in this last year, like I just basically said fuck it. Like, I mean, I don't give a fuck like about like, and it's not that it's not there. It's not that the voice doesn't creep in. I just won't listen to it. Like I won't give any weight to it because my new thing is that all the answers that you need come from action. Mm. All the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, all the what ifs, all the structuring of the deal, go take action. And just, I guarantee you that you're going to go, no, that's not, that didn't work for me back up but here's the problem they're headed down the path and they're so scared to turn around my whole life is one big turnaround i'm totally comfortable (laughs) with that (laughs) well this comes back to the thing right it's like you had to make some mistakes and at the end of the day when we really look at like the action piece what uh this is a quote from mark england that i've taken and i've applied in my life action dispels overwhelm And it's true because if you are overwhelmed about something, but you're stuck in inaction and you're not moving anything forward, well, now all I'm going to do is keep that mental churn going and I'm just going to stay where I am. If I take one step forward or if I take one step to the side, even if I take one step back, I took action and now I see things differently. I have a different perspective. I'm no longer overwhelmed by the bigger thing. I can kind of get a different, different view on it or get a different perspective. And then I realize, oh, okay, if I just take keep taking a series of actions, 
then I'm going to, I'm going to get closer or I'm going to learn something new that I didn't know before. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it's so much of what I'm doing now in my life is things that I saw myself doing four or five years ago, things I wanted to do, things that I was scared shitless to do. And now I show up, (laughs) now I show up and I'm just like, oh yeah, that's my life. Right. And sometimes I have to check myself and remind myself like, dude, oh yeah. Dude, oh, yeah. the, the, the number one thing is you're like standing in your life. Like I, I make a joke, but you're like standing in your life and you're like, wait, this is all the stuff I wanted two years ago. And I'm actually doing it. You like, I, I don't even. That happens to me every day, Austin. That happens every day. Like I, I wanted this. Yeah. I wanted this one. One, I wanted this Two, I asked for it. Three, I dared to go get it. Like that's it. I wanted it. I asked for it and I dared to step into it. And when I really look at all of the things that have come to me where I have those daily recognitions, like, Oh, this is my life. Oh, this is my life. Oh, this is really cool. I immediately express gratitude for it because it's like, wow, I'm so grateful that I like got this opportunity and that I'm grateful that I said yes. And I'm grateful that I asked, right. Because it's, it's, things that have been, I mean, there's, there's pieces of it that I saw and I wanted. And I said, I have no clue how I'm going to get that. I have no clue how I'm going to be able to achieve that. I don't know where the hell like that's going to come. I don't, I just, I don't have an understanding of how that's going to become the reality. But the thing was, is I dared to do go for it anyway. Mm-hmm. And something I didn't need to know how I didn't need to know the exact route. What I needed to know was the direction, right. And the destination. And I could re-navigate along the way if I took a wrong turn, but I still knew where I was going. And a lot of that I attribute to the power of writing down my goals and Mm -hmm. being very clear and precise and writing them down. Like I'm stoked for you to join us on that goal setting workshop next week, because. Well, I would say, and it's very interesting because in about two hours, I have a new uh, call with an entire management staff. So of of a company that a client I've coached for a year, and then I thought we were done. And he asked me like, hey, can you coach all the managers? I actually know them. So they're building a massive uh, health insurance business. And what's interesting is I would say, and maybe because it's so out there, I would say that goal setting is probably the number one thing that, that people want. Right. And, and it's, it's, it's odd for me because me, I myself have goals, but I don't really live off of them because, uh, and I'm just a different human. Like for me, uh, a lot of my stuff is super fluid. Um, so I have numbers, obviously I need to hit, or I'm trying to get to, to just stretch me, but I'm more of a lifestyle guy. So, you know, I fight with the analytical people because they love a good goal, you know, but I, but I also think, and this is something my coach, who's a, who's a hoot and a half, um, <laughs> who's crazy as shit. He's awesome as fuck. He lives in Costa Rica. He said that what we've done with gratitude and goals is we've now bastardized them. He said, so now we put them on a list and we said, here's my, well, I'm, I'm saying my gratitude every morning and, and I'm checking it off the list. And he says, yeah, but you're not sitting with it. You're not writing it down. You're not breathing. You're not, you're not actually embodying your goals. And one of the things that uh, I liked about the little bit that Mark did is I felt like it was more of a, it felt firmer the way that it was, that it was done because, because I can, and I don't know about you, but this is truly me. And I, it just happened to me two days ago with one of my clients. He wrote me the goals for the next six months. I looked at him. I go, no, those are bullshit. Those are, I was like, those aren't even your goals. I was like, those feel so hollow. 
Like it feels like somebody gave you them and you, and they, they wrote it down. Like, do you, you, know, do you have that with your coach? That's yeah. part of the process. So I, okay. I can, I'll speak to this part for myself, right? Cause goal setting has been the, if I had to pick one thing that was the essential thing that got me. Yeah, but to, you're writing them down. Most people are. Writing oh, them oh down. totally. Totally. So, so I'll explain in the beginning when I first, yeah. when I first learned this practice, uh, prior to doing that, right. I had goals in my head and I had ideas in my head and I had no, um, real attachment to them and in t- attachment could also be swapped out there for embodiment, right? Like I didn't believe them to be mine. I just had these ideas of that. This could be something cool to achieve. Mm-hmm. When I started to learn the process of writing them down and then getting really specific with them and then putting dates on them and then giving myself a timeline and benchmarks to them. Yeah. I was scared shitless because most of them I felt were unattainable and unachievable. And I was writing them down in some, and it was like 50, 50. Some of them were like, Oh, I could totally do that. And the other 50 were like, no fucking way. And the thing was, was that I still put them down on paper. I still had that kind of like anchored in my head that it was possible. And there was plenty that I came up short on. Right. And they just got pushed out to a further date or they got rearranged or adjusted. But because I was checking off things, it was like, Oh, I got some momentum here. All right. So I did do some of this. All right. Got it. So some of these bigger ones that were, um, you know, I said, I wanted it by the, you know, end of 2019 and it didn't happen until the middle of 2020. So fucking what, what is time? doesn't matter. I still did it. Like, so I'm not holding myself so tightly to them, but what I did was in the beginning, I got a really good practice of doing it quarterly. And so I would write them down quarterly and then I would set it and forget it, like literally write it down. And I had that like direction in my head, but it wasn't a hard and fast rule. And it was, and that was me on, that was, that was me chickening out. Like that was me not owning it 100% of the way. Cause I was like, Oh, well, it doesn't happen. That's okay. Like, it's not a big deal rather than being like, no, this is what I'm going to do. Um, so the beginning phases of that, like learning to write them down and learning to hold myself accountable to them was a struggle of identity, right? I didn't believe that I had the identity of the person who could achieve those things. Mm-hmm. And that is the essential piece, right? So the goal setting, I'll give everybody a preview for the goal setting workshop that we're going to do in two weeks. We have a pyramid at the bottom of the, at the top of the pyramid is the target slash goal. That's the thing we're moving in the direction of the base of the pyramid is two pieces. It's plan and it's identity. So plan is, these are the action steps I'm going to take. We look at a short-term, medium-term, long-term. These are the things I've got to do to achieve this. And then the part of the conversation that enlifted like owns when it comes to goal setting, because people aren't talking about this is identity. And who do I need to be to achieve this goal? Like, who do I need to be to like step into this? What are the identities that I need to hold that make me believe that I can enact this plan and that I can reach this target? And we go through, clear out the stories that keep you confused about your identity, right? Keep you stuck in old patterns, behaviors, replace it with a new identity, right? The identity you want to have and help you rep that and embody that identity. Because much like what you described is that if I'm embodying my goals and if I'm embodying the person who's going to achieve those, I am going to flow through it and I'm going to check them off with ease, right? So if we can get that identity on lock and then we can get that plan really clear. The target is a no brainer. Yeah. Like it's going to happen. It's inevitable. And so the identity conversation, like there's a lot that goes into that, right? Cause as you yeah. know, the stories and the way we view ourselves from our entire life <laughs> is what we're up against mm-hmm. in that piece. And so we can get the identity of the person who's going to succeed and we can wrap that identity and embody that identity, which comes down to short affirmations with breath to bring it into the body, right. To be able to wrap it 
repeatable day after day, hear it in the moments when it's like, I don't want to work out. It's like, well, I'm a person who works out. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what I, I I and I'd like to, so guys, you know, I'm always honest. I'll actually call myself out for that little before she got started. So funny enough, I actually did write a goal down for myself. It's on my whiteboard. I could see it right here off the back corner. June 1st. I am $1,000 from hitting that goal. That goal, when I wrote that, I don't know why I wrote that. It's a ridiculous amount of money. It is, I had no idea. My business was at the lowest it was ever. And I just did more in six months than I did in like three years combined. And so I'll be honest with you. Once I wrote it down and I, I circled it like three times, I stare at it every time I work out things just started happening. And it's like, it, it really is that thing when you don't like, I, I, this is a, this is a real thing that I, that I, that I question people on. Have you told the universe that you're going to be successful? I mean, have you fucking said the words out loud? Cause I can tell you where I was now. Granted it proceeded in a divorce, but at least I said it. Because I was in a car, we were having a really bad fight with my ex-wife, and I, and I was just so over it. And I said, you know what? I said, nothing that you're going to do is going to hold me back from changing the world. And I said, I will do this. And, and at 36 years old, 30 fucking six, that's the first time I actually ever said it and felt it. Yeah, and It's amazing what happened ever since then. Because one of, the, one of the things that my buddy talks about all the time is he said, look, if you want a goal... I'm not going to drink for 30 days. That's super easy. And you could hit that. But if your identity is you're an alcoholic, well, then you're going to relapse. And so they always tell you, if you want to stop drinking, you change your identity. You don't stop drinking. Yes. Yes. And this comes to the place, right? Where it's like, put it somewhere where you can see it, put it somewhere where it's meaningful. And that it's like, right. haunt you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'll share a a story before I, um, before I started working with the Enlifted team and before I started doing like our podcast and Tuesday night live, I was doing a weekly show on my own Instagram called coffee talk live every Sunday morning. I would get on, I would interview a coach and I would talk about different topics related to health, fitness mindset. And it scared the crap out of me. I against everything in my body. Like I did not want to do this, but I just kept getting this voice that was telling me that I had to do it and I had to show up and I had to get good at it. Right. And it was like, so there was part of me that really, really, really wanted it and saw a lot of value in it. And then there was a bigger part of me that was just like, well, actually it wasn't bigger because the one that wanted it won because I did show up and do it. <laughs> but the thing was, was it was like, I, every week before the show, I would get so much anxiety. I would question if it was going to be good. I would question if anyone wanted to listen. I was, you know, I was putting so much pressure on myself about it. And at some point in, I think this actually was when I was going through and lifted level two and I, Mark made me, you know, Mark made me, Mark prompted us to write down our goals and to start taking some action on it. And it was like, I wrote down that I wanted to do this show. And I was like, I was going to interview people. And and he's like, all right, you're going to write down the names, right? He's like, write down the goal. How many episodes? All right, cool. I said one a week, 52 a year. Got it. Wrote that down. Then I wrote, he's like, write down the names. I started writing down the names. I was like, cool. And then I just knew I had to go act on that. Right. And every single week I had to show up and do that. 
And I put the paper on my fridge where I had, uh, it was actually on a piece of art that I did that I turned into my logo and I wrote the goal right on top of it. And I put it on my fridge. So literally every day I was walking up to my fridge and I was seeing this beautiful piece of art with my goal written on top. And I kept telling myself, it's like, you, you asked for this, you wanted this, you're going to do it. Now, what ended up happening was, this is a fun twist of events. I said 52 episodes in the year of 2020, I guess it was, are we still in 2020? It was whatever it was. Yeah. And it was like, I got through, I want to say it's 2021, 2021, whatever. Okay. So maybe it's 2020. I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't care about time. I just, whatever. So I showed up and I started to like, at some point that show was out of alignment with what I, what, what my intention of it was. Right. Because my intention was to build clients for my health coaching business. And at some point I stopped doing as much health coaching. And I was no longer seeking clients. And so I asked myself, I said, Hey, I'm really tethered to this goal, but I'm showing up and I'm half-assing it because I'm not the result that I wanted is no longer the result that I wanted. So what do I do here? And I had to have a hard talk with me because I was like, I can't give up on my goal. Right. I have to see it through. And it was like, well, what was the intention of my goal? The intention of my goal was to interview coaches and was to share about the work that I do. And it was to make myself more visible and have a platform, right? And then I'm at that point in time, I'm also doing Tuesday Night Live. So I'm like, I'm doing that every week. The goal, like the specifics of the goal of my show were no longer relevant. What was relevant because I wanted the feeling that was attached to the goal and I wanted the platform and I wanted the the conversations that were attached to it. It didn't have to be the specifics of my channel and my show. So I just translated it over to something else. And now I translate it over into the Inlifted podcast. And so it evolved. It actually got better because I leveled up every single time. And if I kept myself like stuck in that goal, my identity would not have evolved to the place it needed to be to push me towards growth. So sometimes goals, like you have to throw them out because you outgrow them. Mm -hmm. And if I was so, if I was so stuck to that and I wanted to live in only that goal, I wouldn't have said yes to a new opportunity. And then I definitely would not be the host of what is going to be the number one health and fitness podcast on Spotify and iTunes. Okay. In 2022, we are manifesting the crap out of that. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Why? Because I say it every time I tell somebody we're doing this show, I'm telling the universe, we're going to do it. So I would, I would say that I would say that 90% of my clients, two months, three months in have to throw out all their goals and rewrite them. All of them just happened with the clients. They were like, well, we hired you for this and we're way away from that. And I was like, yeah, because I'm trying in, in, in like, they even fight me on it. Like, they're like, they're like, well, this is not why we hired you. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Why'd you hire me? I'm trying to tell you that life is more important than your damn business goals, Yeah, you know? And like, they're, 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 and, and so like this thing, like that got you there, then this got you here. And who knows where you're going to go from here, which I'm sure in Lyft, it's going to be doing live events and all this stuff. And, I, you know, so it's like, and, and the thing is, is like, and I try to tell people by the time, the only thing that can hold you back and also like propel you forward and kill you at the same time is your own vision. Yeah. It is, it is you're it, limited by what you can imagine for yourself. Like that's it, you know, and and that's bringing it back to your point about how you filter out people who are just not on the same wavelength as you. That is the most important thing you need. No, you are crazy. I have not met a group of human beings (laughs) that are more positive and amazing 
I, I, I swear to God, haven't met, haven't met one that I would be like, no, I'm good. No, I'm not going to spend time with you. I know it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I I'm every single day. I'm like so grateful that this is my job and that these are the people that I get to work with because the, uh, the community that you surround yourself with is everything. If you are constantly like trying to prove yourself to a bunch of people who are not on the same playing field as you are and just don't see the world in the same way that you do and that they choose to play in the victim state or they choose to play small or they are on the side of erring around caution. That's okay for them, but that's not okay for you, right? Like you're seeking growth. You got to go put yourself around other people that are seeking the same. And when you have everybody from all sides being that gasser for you, like how you described, like you see that person at their highest and then you just speak to them like you're there. Imagine having that times 200, you know, that's a whole different game because now I have what I need to solidify the identity that now I have like the reflections that I need to push me towards my success. Mm-hmm. And the enlifted community is one of the most amazing accidents that ever happened because we never sought to build a community. Mm-hmm. Like Mark didn't decide, Oh, I'm going to build a coaching community. It was literally like he was building coaching certifications. He liked all the clients that came through. He was having a good experience with them and he just started introducing them to each other. And then he was like, Hey, it would be really cool if you guys could all connect. And Mark is a connector. That's his biggest superpower is connection and building people and networking people together and introducing other people to each other. So he's just like, Oh, like all these people are my clients and they're really great. Like I want them all to know each other. And then before you know it, it was like, Oh, there's like 30 of them. And then there's 50 of them. And then there's close to a hundred of them. And then we got to that 100 Mark. This is when I was still a client. It was like, everybody was so rad and had so many great things to contribute that it was like, we like, well, we this is like a real thing, this real thing. And then it became, we have a community and we're going to nurture it and we're going to grow it. And this is one of the biggest assets of this coaching certification now Mm -hmm. is because you get to come through and you get to go through this process for yourself and nine other people in your group, right? You get to intimately know this process and this coaching experience with nine of your peers. And then on the other side of it, you get to go meet 200 other friends that's constantly growing, depending on when you listen to this, that are all thinking in this growth mindset alongside of you and that are all doing something that is awesome. And they're all like moving themselves forward. There's a lot of forward momentum. And so even if you're having an off day or you're just like, you kind of are not 100%, all you have to do is like, go be like, let me open my Instagram and go see what these five people are doing. And you're going to be like, cool. I'm good. I got it. I can move forward. Like, or they're going to reflect something to you. That's like, man, I really enjoyed what you said on this podcast. It really landed for me. And then it's like, you get to go interview them. And it's like, oh, wow, that was a great boost of energy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like a walking white pill is how Adam describes it. It's like this walking little, like bump of energy. That's like, Boop, Hey, I feel better now. Yeah. And I think that, I think that ultimately what's interesting is that we like, the thing is, is like, as a coach, just from a perspective of like, I don't have an option, but to continue to grow or I wouldn't continue to get clients. Yep. And, and so, like I said, same thing with the health, same thing. Like you've almost kind of built in your, your, your own thing. And I, and, and, and I, and I don't, I don't say this from a place of ego. I say it from a place of make me feel better about myself. Like I am newer, newish, to coaching per se, uh, because of the pandemic. And, you know, I've met people like a knot who, you know, studied for, for nine years without getting paid. So I'm very new to the, uh, 
this, this profession. And until you get around other coaches and you're like, wait, okay, I, I can hang with them. Like, maybe I don't have as much training. Like for me, that's what it did. Like, yeah, all the techniques and tricks and tearing up my own story. But for me, that is probably my biggest takeaway is, is being like, Oh, homeboy has game, you know, like, and, and so like that community being able to like bounce stuff off each other. And like, what do you think about this? And, you know, Dennis asked me about what do you do when this client does this and vice versa, like that to me has been the piece that I'll cherish uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. It's, it's awesome to have that built-in support network and it's awesome to have people that you can go to, to refine your craft, right? Like you would, if you didn't have Dennis and you didn't have Chase and you didn't have all these other people that you've like come to really build great relationships with, you'd have to go pay somebody to tell you that, (laughs) you know, like, and they're they're pricey. Yeah. Yeah. And so like when you, when you, I, I I just, I just went through a very hard situation last week. And because I happened to talk to Chase, he said one sentence that snapped it in perspective and that, that, that conversation went amazing. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, I can speak to this. I can same thing on my side. Like I've just had amazing relationships with people that have offered me thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of coaching and guidance and education for free. Like, because, and it's not, you know, I'm not going into their structured programs for free. It's not like I'm doing it, but it's like one phone call or one lunch or one podcast where we exchange some knowledge. I'm like, wow, that was very valuable for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take that and immediately. Well, implement yeah. It. I mean, you said it, this podcast, I mean, I'll, you said it hundred percent is a feeling, not a number. Like I'll take that for the rest of my life. Good. Yes, like, because yes. <laughs> no, because, because it's, because because 90% of the times I see my clients are living their life off of a scoreboard and like, well, I didn't do this and I didn't make this many calls. And I know, but what did you do? Like, well, I gave it my all today. Okay. Well, great. Then let's fucking go to tomorrow. Like, yeah. I, you know, that's like, like that, the yeah. thing that I've learned. It's like harnessing that like feminine energy, right? Like the masculine is the do, 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 do. And the feminine is to be and to flow. And a hundred percent is a feeling is like, well, some days, like I really need to just like lay in bed and process my emotions and send one email. And that was all that I had to give. The power in shutting it down for the day is the greatest thing in the entire world. When you're like, you know what? We're just going (laughs) to, we're just throwing the hammer down, rescheduling everything. Totally. There's no better day to just give yourself the permission to do that. Yeah. For sure. And like, you know, it's like leaning into that is something that will get you really hard. Like, yeah. And that's like the long game approach, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's the long game. And like, I'm in this for the long game. I would assume you're in this game. Well, you know, I just come to a place and I was just telling my body work person uh, this weekend, I've come to a place where I realized that everything I'm involved in, right. Coaching, business, health, uh, relationships, every one of them I'll be doing till my last breath. So if that's the case, there's no pressure whatsoever. Yep. It's a beautiful thing to realize there's no, there's no finish line. You know, mm-hmm. that's uh, Joel Cochran taught me that. He's also mm-hmm. known. Coach. He's like, there's no finish line. No. You just, you finish did. line is death, actually. <laughs> so why are you rushing yeah. to that? I love it. So if people <laughs> want to find out about the coaching certification, your podcast, all that kind of stuff, how, they, how would they do that? Yeah. Come find us on Instagram and li- at Enlifted Coaches. That's going to be a direct line to me. I manage that account and we can chat there. And if you want to learn more, go on to our website and lifted.me 
And then uh, if you want to chat with me personally, if you want to talk about rowing, you want to talk about health coaching, you want to just like see me out there doing all my rowing stuff and making cute, healthy meals uh, at Kimberly.casting on Instagram. Love it. Guys, if you like this episode, send it out to your friends, uh, share it with somebody to get some value and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.